this year, uh, we want to have a possibility for users to actually submit long-form content to the collective so that it could be displayed there and would be an additional way for, for users to contribute to the, the overall knowledge base of uh, Stack Overflow. This episode is brought to you by AWS Bug Bust, the world's largest code challenge for Python and Java developers. Fix bugs, reduce technical debt, and win exclusive Bug Bust prizes, including an all-expenses-paid trip to reInvent 2021. To learn more, visit aws.amazon.com slash bugbust. That's aws.amazon.com slash bugbust. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Stack Overflow podcast, a place to talk about all things software and technology. I am Ben Popper, Director of Content here at Stack Overflow. And today we have two great guests, Teresa Dietrich and Yasha Drell. Good morning and welcome to both of you. Hey, good morning. Good morning. So for folks who don't know, Teresa is our CTO, CPO, and Yasha, I work with you a lot on the advertising product side. What's your official title? I'm a product manager in the reach and relevant uh, teams, and I currently work on the collectives initiative that we're going to talk about. Oh, good. Here's a spoiler alert. So yeah, for folks who don't know, we have a new line of business called Reach and Relevance, which kind of combines what we think is some of our unique strengths across talent and advertising. And this week, as you may have seen, we introduced a new product called Collectives on Stack Overflow. So I brought Teresa and Yasha on to talk about the how and the why. So let's start big picture to each of you. What is this new product? What is it? And sort of at a base level, how does it it work? Yeah, so... I think it's a product that like kind of solves a problem for 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 two sides, right? For for organizations that have technology products uh, and that are already present on Stack Overflow through their tags and like their conversations going on about their about their technologies, and for the users that like uh, use Stack Overflow on a daily basis, try to get information about these products uh, and could use some more in-depth information from these organizations that actually built uh, built the products. And Teresa, from your perspective, what is this product and how is it going to function for both yeah, clients, community, and users? I think it's exciting for me because when we formed Reach and Relevance, we really wanted to talk about how we can have both awareness and engagement. And I think that awareness is you know where ads has been there, but this is really about allowing engagement. And I think mm-hmm. that as a technologist, you can find lots of answers And hopefully on Stack Overflow, there are better answers than elsewhere. But I think (laughs) allowing the builders and the authorities on these technologies to be way in on this, to recommend answers, to answer questions themselves, really gives people a better sense of confidence about whether they're can use this answer, can use this solution successfully. And I think we're all about trying to remove blockers and help technologists build better, faster, and innovate. And if you mm-hmm. can have a higher degree in confidence that the first solution you try is the right one, right. that's only going to help our users. So let, let's give an example. We have two great clients who signed on to partner with us uh, to launch this, Google Cloud and Golang, You know the open source sort of organization behind Go. How are they going to utilize this? I guess an example would be right. Like you have a question about setting something up, you're a new customer using Google Cloud, and you might do a search for certain tags and keywords on Stack Overflow, and you might find three or four questions, which are all asking the same question. This happens a lot. And one of them is higher ranked than the other, but another one has an accepted answer. So how would collective sort of help people to wade through that and figure out 
know, how to find right the best solution for their particular problem. So what we're introducing with uh, with collectives is like the recommendation feature. So uh, organizations such as Go or, or Google Cloud could go into these questions and like figure out that there are, there are multiple answers and all of these answers could be good, right? And it could all solve, solve the problem. However, uh, these organizations could go in and say like, okay, from our perspective, this is the best way of solving, uh, solving the problem and then recommending it, which also is like om- almost an acknowledgement to our, towards the user that put a lot of effort into writing this answer, which is complete and right and all of that stuff and get this like formal acknowledgement from, from these organizations. Like, this is good. This is what we think is the best way of solving, solving the problem. And I think the other way is that through a collective, uh, a user can be a recognized member of the collective by the organization. So that could mean they're an employee, or it also could mean it's they're an expert within Stack Overflow that's been recognized by that organization. And so their mm-hmm. answers on questions will also be highlighted. So in addition to the answer actually being right, you can see answers from folks who are now recognized experts in this area to help increase your confidence on that solution. Yeah, that's very cool because obviously there are lots of people who contribute to Stack Overflow and how over the years who built up a lot of reputation and won a lot of badges. And we often can you know, sort of measure that impact. Okay, this person answered 50 questions and has reached you know 10 million people through those answers. Now they get sort of an official recognition of, of sorts through you know a company, an open source organization. And it kind of fits very well, I feel like, with the open source model of like, how do we, you know, recognize contributors? How do we make, you know, someone who's a contributor into a maintainer? And, you know, how do we sort of keep people involved in our ecosystem in these flexible ways so that, you know, everybody can benefit? From the beginning, we were really focused on this, not just being commercial products, mm-hmm. but actually being balanced with open source products. So throughout our user research, we involve folks from both of those And for launch, we really wanted to make sure we had both a commercial product, right? Like the Google Cloud platform and an open source Mm -hmm. product that we were launching with, with Golang. Because I think we we say there's value in both of these to our users Mm -hmm. because users don't just use one ecosystem or one platform these days. They're mixing lots of different technologies that come in lots of different, you know, packages and support models. Yeah, that brings up a good point. You, you were talking about sort of the research and user testing that went on behind the scenes. You know, whenever we release something new, uh, I think it's important that we communicate, yeah, to our community, our power and meta users, you know, what went into it. So can you tell me a little bit about sort of like, you know, what that process looked like and what some of the things we discovered were that guided how we implemented collectives? Yeah, obviously. Yeah. So I, th- I think it's it's good to highlight that like over the course of months, uh, we've done like numerous of these sessions with with both the organizations as as the users. And so mm. we've learned a lot there. And I don't think the product would be any similar to what it is now if we wouldn't have had done that. So like our user research lead, uh, Mithla Fox, uh, she actually posted a very interesting post on Metastack Overflow, which I would definitely recommend people to, to read because she kind of highlights what we've learned there. And for me particularly, there was one thing that really stands out, and that was like naming is hard. It's probably one of the hardest things that we had to do in this. <laughs> and when we were right. thinking about like a name and, and like a symbol for uh, this concept of recognized member, one of the things that came up was verified user, right? It makes sense. It's something that is common in the internet as a whole. And I was lucky enough to join several of those sessions, and all of them instantly when they saw verified user with the with the famous tick they immediately said don't do this this is bad stack overflow is not a social media platform don't do this and like at first i was like well like is this really so bad but it was like time and time again don't do this and 
thinking back at it, it, it makes sense, right? Stack Overflow is not a social media platform, so we shouldn't like make any reference to that. So I found that really, uh, really interesting. And there's several more of those uh, insights we found. So right. very interesting process. Yeah, there's there's you know some emotional and psychological and maybe sort of just just dialectical baggage that comes with the idea of a verified user and who should be or shouldn't be and how it can get taken away. So that's interesting. Teresa, are we allowed now to share some of the names that that didn't make it? Do we have any other finalists for collectives? Oh gosh, the one that I yeah. wanted to use but didn't work out was guilds because we thought of these as sort of in a way almost sub communities that within mm-hmm. the larger Stack Overflow community, but we didn't want to use communities because it's already tangled enough. And right. so I really like Guild from the sort of Spotify model, right? And everything. And so there was there was mixed feedback. You know, naming is hard, right. period, right? Naming yeah. of users, name, names of products and everything like that. So we had some outside help on this. And I think collectives was sort of in that same vein, but it came across really well. And I think it does that. Adding to the user research, I think Yasha says months, it's almost a year's worth mm-hmm. of user research that we've got here, right? And we talked to mods, we talked to high rep users, and you know, we were really focused on, on mods specifically because we didn't want our moderators to feel like we were either taking something away from them or mm-hmm. piling more work on their plate. And so I'm so appreciative of the specifically the high rep users and the moderators who gave a lot of their time to spend with us to make sure that we got it right. And I think we're pretty happy and feel pretty good about where we ended up with this, of that we're adding value for all of our users without putting any more work on anyone else's plate. Yeah, Gelds would have been great. We could have had our sort of like a World of Warcraft Dungeons and Dragons vibe. Um, <laughs> Maybe I'll save so, it for, for another product sometime then. <laughs> yeah. So I guess, yeah, you know, one thing you brought up there that I thought was really interesting was, you know, this idea of like, how can we yeah, help moderators without giving them more work? And maybe this brings us to the idea of sort of like content, you know, health and community health. So I guess one thing we should probably just put out there and cover is like, does this change the relationship of the users or moderators to the content on Stack Overflow? Like, is question and answer going to work in the same way? And and if not, what's going to change? The Q&A content does not belong to the collective, okay? Mm-hmm. Well, on this collective sort of homepage, landing page, if you will, what we're really doing is just displaying the content, mm-hmm. the Q&A content that comes from the larger community and right. allows them to sort of have, like we said, recommendations or any of the recognized users that the collective has identified highlight their answers but you know it's still under our same license the q a content it still exists it's still moderated it's you know and and review cues and everything has the same but it's really more about organization discovery and then the ability to sort of highlight or recommend specific content that comes from the community And Yasha, I know we're introducing a new sort of content type, which is not new entirely. We, we piloted it in our Stack Overflow for Teams, which is used by organizations to do sort of an internal version of Stack Overflow. Can you just quickly explain to people what an uh, article is and how it'll function on a collective? Yeah, obviously. So I, I think like articles is like our way of putting long form content on, on Stack Overflow. And I think that for years already, even before I joined Stack Overflow, we heard from both users and clients that there is like an appetite to go beyond the like traditional Q&A format. It doesn't mean that Q&A will be replaced or anything, but just going beyond that through through other content mm-hmm. types. And we've had the documentation project also years ago, and that didn't work out. But 
we actually looked into that project and tried to find the learnings that, that we've gotten there. And we figured that even though it failed back then, there is still this appetite for this type of uh, format. And by making some tweaks to the to the concept, uh, we think that like within a collective space, it actually would be beneficial for for everybody. Uh, so we're well, we launched this on on Wednesday for uh, the possibility for only admins and recognized members to post it to make sure that we kind of keep the the quality standard high to make sure that the quality standard of Stack Overflow is is maintained. But we don't want right. to keep it gated, uh, right? So on the on the longer term this year, uh, we want to have a possibility for users to actually submit long form content to the collective so that it could be displayed there and would be an additional way for for users to contribute to the the overall knowledge base of uh, Stack Overflow. I heard sort of an interesting example of this recently from a client who I'm working with on a case study, and we wanted to sort of put it out there as an example. They were talking about, you know, when they hire somebody and they have to set up their development environment at home, they're working remotely, they're getting to know all the systems, they have a bunch of Stack Overflow questions, they use the article to kind of organize them into an FAQ. And, you know, like, once you get through this question, you're likely, you know, your next step is likely to be you're running into this problem, and then this problem, they kind of go in sequence and stuff. So, to me, that was really interesting because we've always had tags on Stack Overflow, but this is a new way of um, being able with more precision to organize some of that content and to almost guide people, you know, through a series of events that they're likely to experience instead of having to like, you know, bounce from one question to the next or search again and again or kind of go through the tag page. So I thought that was a cool application of it and hopefully something we'll see on collectives. Yeah, I sure do. I, I just feel that there's there's more than than just Q and A, right? For for technical content, and I think articles can just open it up for everybody. Like how to guides, right? Going into depth on how to do something just doesn't lend itself for a Q and A format. And with articles, this will be possible. Yeah, sure. You and I were talking before, and we were just saying, like, as an example of this kind of content, you were saying maybe Go is interested in helping beginners, and so there's like a beginner guide to Go, an intermediate guide, an advanced guide, and those you know include certain questions that they've highlighted, which are applicable to like your stage. Exactly. I think I think go like in the process of, of talking to the people at Go, it was it was really interesting and their desire to like make sure that the Go users, like the Go new users, have a, have a good experience in like starting up and making sure because it's because it's difficult to get onboarded, right? It's 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 not an easy thing mm-hmm. to learn language from scratch, and Stack Overflow is an important place where where people learn. So they want to really improve that experience, and they also are very eager to work together with our with our community to figure out how what the best way of uh, of doing it because we also have a high bar in terms of, of quality on Stack Overflow, which is good because that means that right. everybody enjoys coming to Stack Overflow to solve their solve their problems. So there is an interesting balance there, which uh, mm-hmm. I think if we if we bring the three parties together, ourselves, Go, and uh, and our community, we can figure out ways to make sure that that everybody gets what they need when they they visit Stack Overflow. So Teresa, last question. I guess you know I'm thinking about this big picture. We you know uh, recently announced that Process, which is a big investment firm, has, intends to acquire us. And you know the thesis that was laid out in that announcement was a lot about the growth that they expect to see in the ed tech space and in people going online to learn and advance themselves and skills for a certain technology. This kind of fits into that. As Yash was saying, we're trying to put these three parties together. You know, Stack Overflow, the company the client, you know, or organization, and then the community to improve content health. So can you just talk to us a little bit about like, yeah, what the big picture vision is for kind of the community and content health? I know you wrote about this recently in your state of the stack, but would like to share with people who didn't get that kind of, what are we thinking, you know, on a long-term roadmap about some of these big trends and how we can make an impact there? Well, I think Yasha sort of touched on it, right? Which is 
I like to think of our, our Q&A on our public site as sort of that just-in-time learning. It's very bite-sized, and you go on and read it when you've hit some kind of barrier, right? And so you're, you're going in and you're trying to get unstuck. And I think mm-hmm. what we're trying to do here with the articles and, you know, starting in collectives, because we've seen really great use cases on teams, as you mentioned, right, for a longer form, you know, bringing more content together. That's going to get a little bit. We still don't want it to be giant full documentation, right? We mm-hmm. want it to be sort of bigger than a bite, you know, maybe it's a tapa uh, sort of plate, small <laughs> plate. But I think, you know, we're thinking about, especially with this process acquisition, right? And a lot of the folks there in their learning space, right? Mm-hmm. So Code Academy, Udemy, Skillsoft, that's even longer form learning. And so how can we help our users get the right amount, right? The right scope and the right scale of the learning they need and bring it to them in a way that is, you know, curated like Stack Overflow has been curated over the years, right? Through upvotes and downvotes and, you know, really bring that together in a way that's really meaningful and useful and not just throwing a million things at you. I think articles is that first step. I know we've tried longer form content on the site before. We are, this is a new approach and, you know, we're being very careful with it. Like to begin with just the collective recognized members can contribute it, but we're very quickly thinking about how can users submit something. And, you know, it's something we've heard from some of our more, you know, long time, you know, most experienced users is there's not a lot of the questions don't have as much value, but they'd really like to share bigger picture, larger approach Mm. and everything to that. And so I think we have to balance this being, you know, not wanting to become blogs, but how can we continue to provide different scales and scopes of learning for our users so they don't just come to Stack Overflow when they're stuck, but also when they're discovering and exploring and advancing, you know, their skills and knowledge. So you're saying I can't just take the the articles and put them on the blog? Because I was going to, that was was my... Going to make my life a lot easier if I could just carry them over. Uh, Sorry, Ben. Okay. But yeah, no, I, I I hear what you're saying. And actually, it's it's been something we've experimented with a little bit even before the process news. We just happened to start working with Codecademy and they had these live classes that were happening every week. And then, yeah, a whole curriculum behind it. And what we were able to do was just sort of get them in front of a, you know, one of the biggest audiences of, de- you know, developers visiting each day. And like you said, those people had come, they landed on a question because they're stuck on something and then they happened to notice on the right hand rail, oh, creative coding with Python. I might want to, you know, check that out. So we've seen some interesting stuff happen there already. Very cool. All right, great. Well, I want to say thanks to both of you for coming on. And yeah, for folks who are interested, there's tons of uh, information on the blog and on Meta this week about collectives. You can check out the ones uh, that we spun up for Golang and for Google Cloud and expect a lot more in this space to come. Awesome. Thanks, Ben, for having us. All right, everybody. It's that time of the episode. I'm going to shout out the winner of a Lifeboat badge awarded yesterday to Sheepy, how to convert integer to big decimal in Java. So if you're stuck on that, we'll have the answer in the show notes. I am Ben Popper, director of content here at Stack Overflow. You can always find me on Twitter at Ben Popper. You can email us podcast at stackoverflow.com. And if you enjoy the show, please do leave a rating and a review. Really helps. Yasha, who are you and where can you be found on the internet? I'm Yasha. I'm a product manager here at Stack Overflow, and I can be only found on LinkedIn. Teresa, how and are I'm you? Teresa, and I'm the chief product and technology officer here. And I can be found at Teresa DG on any of the platforms that you might find Twitter, LinkedIn, or whatnot. Okay, verified users all around. All right, everybody. Thanks. Talk soon.